On this week's Dose, we are back with another classic breakdown of startups that recently raised. And first, we will break down Really Communications, the modern telecommunications company based out of Austin, a hometown favorite here. Let's uh, go. And their recent $18 million seed round led by Mike Maples Jr., the founding partner of Floodgate and Polygon. And next, you'll hear about Champions Round, a fantasy league startup that caters to Gen Z through their micro-fantasy sports game. The fantasy platform just secured a $7 million Series A, led by Point72 Ventures and Goodwater Capital. Next, stick with us as we cover IMI, the world's first low-carb, high-protein, plant-based instant ramen company, which just raised a $10 million Series A, led by Touch Capital. And we'll wrap up this week's episode with another food startup called Oats Overnight, which just raised a $20 million Series A to continue to drive the development of their beloved community-sourced oats flavors nationwide. (laughs) A fascinating dose filled with some new spins on some old favorites. Let's lock in. Let's lock in. This is Venture Pill, your weekly dose of startups and venture capital. We break down recent startups in the news and interview founders and investors to help you stay informed in the evolving world of venture. All right, so first company for today is really communications based out of Austin here in the hometown. Love to see that. Hook 'em, baby. Uh, they just raised an $18 million seed round led by Mike Maples Jr., as we said, the founding partner of Floodgate and Polygon. Uh, so this company is founded by Adam Lyons, um, and he deems it, you know, just a quick kind of one-line hitter, the modern telco, modern telephone company, telecommunications company, maybe. Um and a little bit more on his background, I thought it was cool. Just snipped this, you know, clipped this exactly from his website. Mm-hmm. Had a good little blurb about his path. He was born and raised in Pittsburgh. He was always a little different. He dropped out early at 15, moved out at 16. He's worked just about every odd job imaginable and been fired from most of them. <laughs> so he's failed early and often, uh, but he saw things he wanted to change. So when he went back to school, he founded a company called The Zebra, Zebra.com, the most visited insurance search engine in Mm -hmm. the world. So, yeah, (laughs) pretty cool there. Uh, Adam didn't know anything about tech or venture capital, but it didn't stop him from getting into it. And now he's working to pay it forward. So it really seems like the ideal uh, guest. So if you see this, Adam, we'd love to have you on here in studio. Um, Seriously, an incredible story. Yeah, great story. Uh, But it really is still unfolding (laughs) for Adam. Nice. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you know, founders say that you need to fail time and time again. And it looks like he got a lot of his failures out of the way in his formative years, 15, 16 at the odd jobs and found something that stuck with Zebra, which I actually used to land my car insurance. Wow, still use. Yeah, nice. Still use. So again, thank you, Adam. Would love to host you in studio here one day. Um, But moving on to really, which is his vision for this modern telecommunications company, really aims to be the number one online retailer for phone plans and offer its own products and services alongside others. 
As Adam puts it, transparency for the entire space is critical for consumer trust, just as it was for insurance with Zebra.com, which again, I can anecdotally attest to. Today, really is already the most comprehensive wireless comparison platform in the nation, comparing over 379 plans across 50 carriers. Who knew there were that many plans even? I mean, yeah, <laughs> we, we could probably name the, the big dogs and some of the incumbents, yeah. um, but 50 is quite a lot. Uh, there's probably a lot we've never heard of, but they're really not stopping there. I didn't mean to make another really joke, but that's just a word, <laughs> word I like. Uh, really, man? Really. <laughs> uh, so they also plan to launch their own phone service later this year for people that really care. <laughs> I'll just go with truly care about their community and privacy. And so according to Adam's post, which is how I actually saw this, I sent it to you right as I saw it on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. uh, the last piece of the modern telco puzzle is decentralized wireless so throwing another buzzword acronym term dy right pretty cool right as you hear of DeFi a lot dy it's not dy it's d-e-w-i just mm -hmm. to clarify decentralized wireless so what is that they're bringing the sharing economy to telecom with a system that will allow eligible individuals and businesses to make money broadcasting cell signal from their properties by converting their unused internet bandwidth so a little bit similar to a company we covered early on yeah, in, way in, back when. in an early dose, um, Helium, mm -hmm. which kind of, I don't know if it really panned out. Um, kind of similar, but maybe taking a new spin on that. Yeah, definitely similar. And you can't help but wonder what decentralized wireless truly entails. Thankfully, Really will be releasing their white paper about DY in the coming weeks. And without getting too into the nitty gritty of the blockchain technology, not that you and I necessarily have the capacity yeah. to do so anyway, <laughs> the general idea here is to reward early contributors to the network via tokens and to eventually be able to pay out these contributors via dollars or other more commonly used currencies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's really... Sound the alarm. I don't think we've covered a startup that's tackling this space. This is a pretty interesting cross-section. Uh, maybe that's because it's been dominated by some of those behemoths for so long, some of those larger carriers that we've discussed yeah. or that we're thinking about, like Verizon, AT&T. Uh, but Adam has already done it once before with Zebra in the insurance space, which was also very dominated by the big players. Mm -hmm. And I think telco, I, and I think the telco space is equally ripe for large disruption with really. Yeah, I, I think so. It'll be exciting to see, you know, we, we see a lot of companies that have taken um, crypto or Web3 concepts and try to bring them to uh, an archaic industry. And, and a lot of times I feel like we haven't seen it quite pan out just yet. Mm -hmm. So, you know, whether this is early or not for really, I think they're onto something here. And there's a couple elements to the business, right? It is, it has the kind of the uh, aggregator uh, comparison website type of vibe that that Zebra does, but it's also their own network that they're creating with this uh, decentralized wireless. So a couple of cool aspects to this. Mm -hmm. uh, we'd love to have Adam on the pod. So maybe we'll we'll post this, tag him on Twitter, get get him on soon to tell a little bit more of his story. I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be really cool. <laughs> pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, transitioning over to our second story on this week's dose, we have Champions Round, which just secured a $7 million Series A. 
The round was co-led by Point72 Ventures, which is Steve Cohen's firm, the owner of the New York Mets, and Goodwater Capital, and also included investment from Quest Venture Partners, Pipeline Capital, Gangels, and more. A little context to set the scene here. Fantasy sports are incredibly popular. Oh, yeah. You and I both talk about it. You know, when, when football season's going on, that's, that's at least 25% of our conversation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but to provide some numbers to back up that claim, the market size of the U.S. fantasy sports industry was almost $9 billion in 2021. Over 50 million people play fantasy sports just in the United States, according to a super interesting report from the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association that we'll be sure to link in the show notes. Great yeah. read. Yeah, yeah, definitely check that out. That said, users, particularly Gen Z users, are starting to move away from the more traditional fantasy sports and gravitate towards daily fantasy sports. Mm -hmm. So it goes along with this trend that we're seeing just in general content creation and consumption, getting shorter form, you know, everything's short attention spans. So everything's heading in that direction. I think fantasy sports is, is no, yeah, fantasy sports won't be able to hide from that. I think maybe we're a little bit uh, out of that generation. Kids these days, man. Kids, God, (laughs) so young. Yeah. Uh, Commit to something. We were joking earlier (laughs) because I was wearing my my uh, my regular earbuds and it's like those kids probably are like Whoa. why do these airpods have cords <laughs> yeah are those wired airpods do they sell that now <laughs> so those same kids are going to be wanting to play something more engaging every day even shorter than that so players compete over short time intervals rather than being tied to an entire season um, and the fsga reported that more than 30 million people in the u.s today participate in daily fantasy already like through more of the traditional well-known sites like DraftKings. Right, so pretty significant chunks of the U.S. population, and these are all 18-plus people as well. And so Champions Round, what they're offering is to match this incredible demand and popularity for fantasy sports, is they're offering micro-fantasy sports, which are short-form games that users can play daily, weekly, monthly, or quarterly. So again, instead of being tied to a full football season, now you're just tied to it for a week or a month. The platform offers six unique game modes, and we won't get into them right now, but the names are pretty cool, so we're <laughs> going to run through them real quick. There's Daily Dozen, Boost Ball, Big Board, Spicy Slips, Seven Stakes, and Sunday's Best. I, I like the sound yeah, of Spicy yeah. Slips already. <laughs> and as you mentioned, there are some powerhouses in the daily fantasy space like DraftKings and FanDuel, but the differentiator here is that those powerhouses require money to play whereas Champions Round offers two options. Of course, there's also the buy-in option, which is legal where sports gambling is legal, but it's also free to play for people in Texas where it's not quite legal yet. Right. Additionally, they reward content creators for playing fantasy league games with their followers. I know you were loving this. Yes. Maybe getting the gears turning. Right in the wheelhouse, right here. Um, I could see those gears really just grinding (laughs) in there. Um, they didn't really specify how much influencers can earn, but regardless, very cool concept. Yeah. Not in it for the money here. No, of course not. Uh, they've got some notable influencers already. So Dom2K, you may have heard of. He's got 400,000 YouTube subscribers, a variety of other uh, fantasy sports personalities. And the platform also received, we should mention, backing from some professional athletes, such as one of our go-to favorites. <laughs> He's back. Up there with the chain smokers. <laughs> Baron Davis, former yes. point guard in the NBA for a longtime Warriors player. Uh, it also included investment from Melvin Gordon. 
Right. Uh, recent so Super Bowl champ. Recent Super Bowl champ. Love to see the Gordon getting in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, some some cool celebrity investors too. Right. And now just to highlight some of the growth that Champions Round has experienced in the early going here. So the app launched in September of 2021. 2022, the app averaged 28% month Ooh. over month growth, which, yeah, is truly explosive. Yeah. And the app has seen over 10,000 downloads to date across the App Store and Google Play, which is the Google App Store for Android. Yep. Yep. And so this funding is going to be huge for them to go toward developing new creator rooms, kind of this cool new feature, which would help the creators engage with a larger audience and monetize that audience. We'll be curious to see what they develop there. Mm -hmm. And also just to continue beefing up their social media presence. That's going to be key to build this brand and and get out there in front of those younger uh, audience members. Um, This this brought to mind some recent companies that we've interviewed. One of our friends, Jonah Fialco of Bracketology. If you've been following the Instagram, we've been (laughs) digging into the bank of old clips. (laughs) And I love to see Jonah pop up there. Uh, Hope all is uh, progressing for them. But, you know, similar space, right? Fantasy games for reality TV. Right. Uh, We also covered a company called Mojo um, several several months back. Mm -hmm. Just the just the rise of fantasy sports, the changing laws. It's a really cool space. Yeah, this is totally you know one of the sectors of venture capital that I feel like is right in our wheelhouse. Like oh, I, yeah. I'd consider myself a subject matter expert <laughs> yeah. here. Definitely recommend uh, re-listening to the Bracketology interview or check it out if you haven't yet. It was interview forty-five. Jonah was awesome, and uh, March Madness is right around the corner. So yep, get hyped. it's Bracketology time. I wonder what kind of uh, March Madness. Speaking of, I wonder what kind of stuff Champions Rounds got going for that. True, it's got to be some fun. Yeah, we'll, fun have, competitions. To yeah. we'll have to dig in a little bit. But like I said, we're not interested in launching a league with the Pilgrims out there for the money. It's really just to, it's for pride, like all the good things in life. Oh yeah, I want to go toe to toe with our fantasy sports loving Pilgrims and see who's who's the best. You know what? You know what? I've always it's a little bit um, off topic, but a tangent uh, I wanted to bring up real quick is I've always kind of thought we could start some sort of league with the Pilgrims where we could choose startups or founders or venture capital firms mm. to have on our team yeah. or in our portfolio, kind of a fake portfolio, cool. and just track that over time and compete with each other. Who would be the first overall pick in that draft? <laughs> Interplay Learning Alumni <laughs> Ventures. You know, those are excluded. Yeah. Okay, well, it maybe it'd be like a keeper league, and those mm, yeah. those would be keepers, okay. right? Now yeah. we're thinking. Yeah, I like the sound. So yeah, we'll get back to you yeah, on. Yeah, let's circle on back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and next we have Immy, the world's first low carb, high protein, and 100% plant based instant ramen brand, which just landed a 10 million dollar Series A, led by Touch Capital with participation from a who's who of celebrity investors. Love a good who's who. Love a good who's who, including Naomi Osaka, Usher, Apollo Ono, Olympic legend, by the way, let's yeah. clarify, for the young kids who may not know these days <laughs> that are playing micro-fantasy sports, <laughs> including Kygo and more. A little bit of the backstory here with Emmy. It was founded by Kevin Lee and Kevin Shanta Sirifan, who both grew up working alongside their families in the markets of Taiwan and Thailand, were making and eating noodles was a big part of their everyday lives. Yeah, and I want to just quickly say it's very similar spelling, uh, Imi, to Ima. Not yes. to be confused with Ima, uh, one of our friends, Jack Rule. Very early episode, our first interview was episode with him. Episode five, baby. Episode five, yeah. was it? Okay, yeah, yeah. So not to be confused with Ima, just one letter difference there. 
Um, but back to the story of how they, how they started this. So they started IMI to help their families better manage health conditions arising from poor nutrition and unhealthy diets. Uh, so the team spent two years in the kitchen with chefs and nutritionists to reimagine their favorite foods for modern diets, high-quality ingredients that taste as good as they remember with, with better core nutrients in them. Right. Now to give a quick synopsis on the state of the ramen industry, which was really fun to dig into. I, a little I learned, state of the union. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> learned a lot on this deep dive. But 4 billion packets of ramen noodles are sold each year. The global instant noodle space is projected to reach $32 billion by 2027. Pretty remarkable. That said, the product has been dominated by the same three incumbents. Ugh. Big Ramen. Screw Big Ramen. <laughs> Down with Big Ramen <laughs> for years now. And those three incumbents are Cup of Noodles, Nongshim, and Maruhan. The ones you've seen in your HEB, your local grocery yeah, store, time I, and time I can, again. I can just picture that one that's like orange and yellow. I yeah, don't know which one that is. I think that's Cup of Noodles. Okay. Devils! Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the ramen most people buy in grocery stores includes noodles that are made of refined carbs that get oftentimes cooked in oil. Yeah, Yuck. your stink face for the folks that are just <laughs> listening to this. Ugh. Uh, while the soup packets are high in sodium and preservatives, while it may taste good, it's not good there's, stuff in there. There's a lot going on under the hood, and <laughs> yeah. not in a good way. Let's just say, yeah. So, and that sets the stage nicely for Emmy, which is low-carb, high-protein, high-fiber, plant-based, all the hyphenated words that you can want. Multi-hyphenates. <laughs> um, alternative, looking to shake up <laughs> the ramen industry, and, and they're doing it, and you can tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, segueing into the growth here, over the past two years, Emmy has seen astronomical growth in <laughs> online demand across its website, as well as Amazon, and other online wholesale channels for its three base flavors. And these flavors get my mouth watering, Ooh. I'll be honest. Yeah. So first, we have black garlic chicken. There's also spicy beef. And lastly, there's Tom Yum shrimp. Mm. <sighs> <laughs> In 2022, Emmy began expansion into retail channels like Whole Foods and others, and has seen strong, sustained retail velocity, which was actually a pretty cool term I saw for the first time. So to break it down real quick for our listeners, retail velocity is the speed at which your product sells in a given store and is typically measured in units per store per week. Yeah, I'm sure they're they're laser focused on maximizing that mm -hmm. retail velocity. Uh, since launching in just January 2021, so a little bit over two years They've grown 6x, they've sold out seven times, and they've launched in multiple retailers, as mentioned, with more to come this year. Mm -hmm. So this capital is really just pouring fuel on the fire. Um, they're going to enable this company to hire for more key leadership roles, expand the lineup of flavor offerings. I'm sure they're going to be more salivatory. Is that even an it? <laughs> Salivacious. Salivacious. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, more juicy flavors, um, and they're going to scale the retail footprint uh, nationwide. Yeah, excited to see the growth here. Safe to say Emmy is bringing a whole new meaning to the ramen noodle diet. Love it. Yeah, I'm excited to try it. I, I basically only eat ramen when I'm out. Like, we have a local favorite Oof. if you're in Austin, ramen tatsuya. Stop, man, I'm hungry. So good. So <laughs> good. Um, if you're ever in Austin, give them a try. But I, I'm not usually the guy that's making ramen at home. Maybe mm -hmm. I will be now. Likewise. So, speaking of food, if you're hungry there, just, <laughs> Wrong just start to think about next morning because we're talking about oats overnight, which just announced a $20 million Series A round. It's a lot um, of oats. 
A lot of oats, yeah. A lot of oats, a lot of overnight action. And, <laughs> and the round included participation from Sing Capital Partners, BFG Partners, Impatient Ventures, and, and a bunch of others. Uh, this company was founded by a guy named Brian Tate about five years ago. Uh, it was born out of his personal desire for really good, easy-to-make overnight oats. Right. So he got to experimenting in the kitchen, like any good entrepreneur would do. And in his words, the initial batches tasted like shit, <laughs> uh, which, you know, you can imagine is part of the iterative process yeah. that we've covered time and time again. <laughs> Gotta here. start somewhere. Gotta start somewhere and refine it over time. And it seems like he eventually turned chicken shit into chicken salad, <laughs> as after many more iterations, the company has now launched over 20 flavors and is selling like hotcakes across the nation, both over retail and online. Yeah. Now, we haven't even mentioned their special sauce yet. And what has really allowed Oats Overnight to set themselves apart from other brands and really to set themselves apart from the traditional food brand outside of Oats is the community that they've built. So super cool here. They have over 100,000 subscribers uh, that they survey every single month, basically. Um, and the R&D team at Oats Overnight wants to hear directly from the horse's mouth. What flavors should they release next? They're crowdsourcing that. They're giving it to them, staying up with the trends by keeping a pulse on their customers. Really cool. Really cool. Um, oftentimes, they'll have that new flavor um, ready to go as early as three months after the iterative process, kind of the... The surveying had begun and, and maybe a little longer sometimes, but they're they're rapidly releasing new flavors. It's really cool. Yeah, it reminds me, I don't know if this rings a bell for you or any listeners out there, but Lay's had this period in time where they were outsourcing flavors from like fan votes essentially. Oh yeah. And it was probably the most excited I ever have been going to a grocery store. Like wow. no way they put chicken and waffles in a potato chip. Like <laughs> science is going too far. No, but it was awesome and I, I love the community aspect here of course. Um moreover, the oats are developed and produced all in the United States, something that they are holding strong to and are very proud of. Heck spe yeah. Especially in the face of other companies that may typically outsource this. And this is not something that's just for pride or for providing local jobs in Arizona, which is where they're based. It's truly a key part of what feeds their competitive advantage, which is the iterative flavor creation process that they go through with their customers and their community 100K strong, mm -hmm. like Daryl K. Royal. <laughs> they kind of, additionally, they also need their own staff and facilities to be able to take feedback and create the flavors reliably and scalably. Yeah, and so, the funding is really going to allow them to invest in that. They're going to build a brand new 85,000 square foot facility out of Phoenix. Um, it's going to help them keep up with this demand. And they're going to continue to grow within the stores that they already uh, have business in, which include Whole Foods, HEB, a local favorite in Texas, yes. and, and Walmart, a bunch of others. So they're already on a great track. This funding is going to allow them to continue growth there. And, and, and continue the growth on their uh, direct-to-consumer model as well. Um, love that they're keeping the, the jobs in the U.S., but it's, it's really cool that, that they're making that part of their special sauce too. Totally. And these past two companies we've covered, Emmy and Oats Overnight, remind me slightly of Magic Spoon, which I know we covered yeah. a while back. That's um, a favorite. Favorite. It's a similar. Yeah, that's probably a first Pilgrim round. Pilgrim favorite. Late, yeah. late first round pick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, we could have it to where you only pick companies that we've covered or interviewed. Oh, yeah. I thought that. Oh, no. I, oh, yeah. That, <laughs> totally. That wasn't. Okay. No, I yeah. I, I thought no, more just broadly like no, any, no. any company. Okay. No, no. Yeah. That's cool. 
So that's All a right, late... we'll build it into the pill folio. Yeah, that's a, a, that's a late first round pick on my mock draft. Okay, yeah. Um, I mean, maybe we should we should make some mock drafts. Yeah, bring an expert bracketologist, Jonah Fialco, <laughs> to help us. Adventure pill senior correspondent, Patrick Sweeney. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but yeah, they, they remind us of Magic Spoon, which is they're kind of changing up the traditional model for this food. They bank on this nostalgia favorite. So with Magic Spoon, it's cereal, which for me mm. and probably most kids our age, you know, it's Saturday morning, you're watching cartoons, you're eating cereal, maybe you're watching Sports Center for me as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, but whatever it is, cereal was always by my side. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of a more healthy, modern take with modern diets and also a very strong social media footprint. Yeah. Um, and both of these companies seem to be following in that similar blueprint and doing well so far. I think also it's important to mention with all three of these that the core ingredients that go into these are very cheap. Right. I think. I mean, not knowing exactly what right. their cost structure is, but that's what I think allows them to make this a venture-backable business is these are low-cost ingredients put into something that they're marketing really nicely, mm -hmm. usually, and with, with, better, with better health. Um, with better health components. So it's it's right. a great recipe. Totally. It's a great recipe for success. <laughs> nice. yeah. yeah, totally. I mean, put that with some good social media, some good um, influencers, some good influencers yeah. exactly, some celebrities behind the brand, and all of a sudden you're on the front shelf at HEB. We should do like a tasting of all the food companies Ooh. that we've And done. drink, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. Get okay. some liquid death, get some... Ooh. What's the mushroom one? I forget the mushroom one, but... <laughs> <laughs> Don't even bring up the <laughs> mushroom one. There's that sweet drink, like sweet proteins. Oh, right? yeah, sweet proteins. Mm -hmm. So maybe the there's classic. a tasting we could do, a little segment. That'd be fun. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, South by South coming up. Mm. Uh, this, well, coming up, we're recording this beforehand. Uh, if you're listening to this when it comes out, which you will be... <laughs> <laughs> You're not listening to it beforehand. <laughs> if you're still around in, in Austin for South by, uh, hit us up. Uh, yeah. We'd love to. We'd love to do something. We're gonna. We will have been out on the streets, so take a look, or keep a lookout for the content to be flowing on our social media. We're gonna yep. get some boots on the ground marketing going. That is going. the motto for this upcoming week. Oh, it's this year. It's all boots on the ground. It's true. So. But yeah, keep your eyes peeled if you're in town. Keep your eyes peeled for the T-shirts, the stickers. Reach out to us. Would love to meet our pilgrims out there that may be in town. Yep. yep. Uh, but as for this week's dose, we covered some major institutions. We're talking telecom, fantasy sports, ramen noodles, and oats. Yep. And all of these companies that are that are taking these new innovative approaches to changing the game. The disruption alarms are ringing in my head. I'm sure they are in mm. yours as well. Yep. And it was another fascinating dose for all our pilgrims out there. Good to finally get back to a traditional breakdown dose. Yep. As awesome as our interviews have been recently. If you're listening to this, maybe on Spotify, Apple, uh, whatever you traditionally do, check it out on YouTube. So we've got the cameras set up, um, which has been fun just to get, get a little bit more personality in there. If you want to watch us, see our beautiful faces. Um, I know we have great voices, but yeah. <laughs> they go great with the face. Yep, and keep following and engaging us on social media. We're loving it. We're seeing some some nice increasing engagement from the fans, so we appreciate that. Yep. And lastly, we're recording this episode on Wednesday, March 8th, which is International Women's Day. Yep. And we would be remiss not to wish happy International Women's Day to all of the women pilgrims and listeners we have out there. Yes, and one more thing on that note, it's a great call out. We we really need to and want to host more women. We've mm -hmm. only had one so far as my Shapashnik Kadena. 
who, by the way, is raising around right now for vetted pet, pet health. Love to see that. Uh, we'd love to have some awesome women on the show. We're in talks with some, scheduling those out. Uh, but we would like to diversify and have some more women on, on the on the pill. So yep, well if you have anybody, please send them our way. We'd love to interview them and uh, get some more women in the action. Yep, well said. And that's a wrap on this week's Dose. Thanks for listening. Take care, y'all. Signing off. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another dose of startups and venture capital. And as always, we appreciate our pilgrims spreading the word about the show. Share with your friends and help someone else make the pilgrimage. See you next time. She told me that she only bumps my music when she's lonely. Thinks my vibes a little low key, okie dokie. That's alright, but wait, I don't know how to do it.